So, you have a movie for me? Yes, sir, I do. I was thinking we can make a Joker movie. Okay, okay. Is he gonna get the word very added to his damage tattoo? Oh, no, 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 no. Not that version of the Joker. Completely different Joker. But if he doesn't have damage tattoo on his forehead, how are people gonna know that he's damaged? Oh, they'll know it. Don't you worry about that. I started to joke Which started the whole world crying But I didn't see That the joke was on me You're listening to Geek Media Core Your weekly podcast for all things geek pop culture What's up, geeks? Welcome to issue number 129 of the Geek Media Core podcast, where this week we are talking about, well, I mean, Joker seems to be the only thing anybody's talking about. But the big news is, is Danny's voice is fixed, so I don't have to do this alone anymore. What's up, buddy? You can't keep a good geek down. What's yeah. up, buddy? Awesome, man. That's awesome. So I, I want to say that, like, so much has happened since uh, since, since last week we talked about it. I really don't think it has, besides the, the, the Joker stuff. The big Joker. Spider-Man of... coming back. Oh, yeah, Spider-Man coming back. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, we're going to kind of touch... On a couple of things that, uh, that that we've missed talking about, just so you can get both of our opinions, because the other one was just me talking about and saying what I heard. What I think Danny would say. I'm gonna let Danny say what he was uh, gonna say, but um, yeah, he's back off the disabled list, and uh, we are ready to roll. Uh, but hey, over the last month, did you did you do anything fancy? Did you watch, play, read, listen to anything fancy that you want to talk about? Uh, Ah, buy a switch yet? I have not bought a Switch yet. No, no. Um, nothing too fancy. Um, you know, fall TV season's back online. And uh, so I've been spending the weekend catching up on all the CW shows since I didn't get to watch live last week. Well, I, I mean, every time you get a text, I get a text from you, it's either about something that the Astros did or some new member has joined the cast of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which we'll talk about <laughs> in a little bit. It's, it's, it's insane. Uh, I, you know, I, me and wife are just doing our usual Halloween thing but i did go see joker today but since we're going to talk about that in a little bit i'll, I'll save it for that so uh what was the I, last I Halloween like, movie? um you know this was kind of weird because everyone told I, I just looked up like the best like uh halloween or, or horror movies available on like netflix and we, we chose a lot of them off there and one of them was a uh, enemy by uh by, by our boy denny v and it has a uh, jake gyllenhaal and i was like okay that's pretty cool and it was not really what I call a horror movie. It's more like a psychological mind trip kind of thing. So that's kind of like a, a bad one. But we also watched something called The Ritual on Netflix. And that was really super creepy. Dealt with like Norse mythology and stuff. So, uh, you know, these horror movies, uh, it's it's like one good, three bad. You know, it's about how it goes. But, you know, okay. we're well ahead of schedule. We put the uh, put the kid in there this year and uh, he picked some movies. He picked uh, Beetlejuice and uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Monster Squad and uh, – Goosebumps, and he really liked Goosebumps. That was actually pretty fun for a for a family movie. Goosebumps, Jack Black. Jack Black's always watchable, right? Yeah, no, I agree with it. When you said Beetlejuice, my mind went back to Michael Keaton, and man, he's just—he's everywhere. He, he's everywhere. He's not only everywhere. He's just—I don't think we realized how good of an actor he was early on. Oh well, you know, everybody's always like, oh, if you don't talk about Batman, people always talk about, oh, like, oh, you're Mr. Mom or Beetlejuice. Like, he's actually a really good, serious actor, and I think you know, now that he's uh, winning Oscars and shit, you know, I guess, yeah. I guess that's uh, makes a lot of sense. That's why I don't think they're going to get him on Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's why we're going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> let's start things off. Uh, 
if you guys don't know, when we first started the show, I said, hey, you know, tell me your favorite movie, your favorite TV show, and like your favorite superhero or something like that. And they said his favorite TV show was Breaking Bad. So when he said he has not yet watched El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, as they call it, uh, I was like, oh, okay, well, I forgot that you canceled Netflix because you're a Disney Plus homer. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's not exactly true. Well, I, I guess we could talk about that as well. But um uh, I, I, we are very big Breaking Bad fans too, and so uh, we watched it. And you said you already read the spoilers, so I, I'm not going to do any spoilers, guys, if you haven't talked about that. But I just want to kind of say that um, I wouldn't say I was underwhelmed, but I'll say I was whelmed. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a Teen Titans reference, and I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kid, kid knows all about Teen Teen Titans Go. That's what goes on around here. Um, I think that it was. It was cool to see these characters again. Don't get me wrong. It was really cool to see these characters again. I mean, and and, and Jesse, I mean, he was he's solid. He's always always really always cool to see Skinny Pete and Badger again. Uh, and I mean, even the uh, you know the one clip you get with with Walton there is is really good. It's really cool to see these characters again. I do wish Saul showed up. I just want to say that. But uh, other than that, it was it was it was really it was good. It just wasn't great, and it felt like just you know a, a two hour episode, which is fine. It's just I don't feel like it's anything we needed for like closure or anything like that. So off the 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 spoilers that you read, do you feel like you probably would have thought the same thing? Well, everyone keeps asking, you know, what about Saul? But I mean, remember back to Breaking Bad and even the beginning of Better Call Saul. He had already gone away to Nebraska, so like he had a new name, new identity. Of course, he was not going to be involved in this any any way, shape, or form. Um, as far as what I read, I'm kind of with you. That's kind of why I haven't. Uh, gone about trying to trying to find netflix right now it's just it, it seems like a nice little uh ps but it doesn't feel like it's necessary it doesn't feel like it really did anything or, or broke new ground yeah and, and the one thing i'll say is besides brian cranston everyone has gained weight so it doesn't really play well <laughs> oh you think that J- jesse okay he was in this prison for like a year or whatever yeah. he should be like skin and bones and he's actually gained weight and the kid who played todd i mean he was a chubbo in this so it was just like uh i mean i'm not i'm not anyone to sit here and judge people's weight problems or whatever i was just like yeah if you're doing this like a, you know a, a a couple days after or actually like right away i mean it starts right where jesse escaped at the end of the breaking bad series and i mean he's still in the, in the el camino obviously uh todd's el camino and it's just like wow you guys really really eight <laughs> in the five minutes between these episodes but uh, that's just that's that's a nit- nitpick the direction was always it's awesome the acting was terrific you know it was good it was really good it just it was nothing that you're going to feel like oh if i don't watch this uh breaking battle feel incomplete definitely not now however if the last season of better call saul somehow wraps jesse into it then i'll be like okay this was definitely worth it but with the way that it ended i doubt that that's going to happen uh he's got his happy ending and i think that's about as happy as vince gilligan can do yeah no i would agree with that okay so leading up to joker we all know by now about the whole controversy of it and all that whether you agree or disagree or think it's just weird i think it's really just weird um I think the whole time it was like you were going to go see it in the theaters and I was not. <laughs> and I didn't actually go see it opening weekend. And uh, it really me. It was just it was just so many people telling me to go see it that they needed to, to that I needed to see. It's it kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy thing where I wasn't going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, everybody just kept saying, you need to go see it. You need to go see it. So I was like, all right, well, you know, why not? I got some time. I'll go. I'll go see it today. It's, you know, matinee showing it was like four dollars. Why not? Let's just let's go check it out. And I'll say that this is not a DC Comics movie. I mean, it's it's got the Joker in name only, if that makes sense. 
Uh, mm-hmm. It's got DC gear. This is straight, just like I said. This is a remake of Taxi Driver with Robert De Niro. Hell, it even has Robert De Niro in it, and uh, and and it's fine. And, but the but the twist here for me was that I like this more than Taxi Driver. I think this is my favorite movie of the year, and I'm not even kidding. But it is definitely not a comic book movie. It's just got Joker in it. It's really a movie about mental illness, and I mean, it was a character study. It's a character study, and it really just is a basically a narrative about how we treat mentally mental illness in this country. And I think it's I'm not one of those who likes to have the political narrative in in a movie, but I mean, this is you know. It makes a lot of sense, and it, it, it's it's something that, you know, I think a discussion, a dialogue needs to be opened. Is that what we say? A dialogue needs to be opened on it. So, I mean, I think as someone who says I want my entertainment and stuff like that to be separate, it, it actually kind of spoke to me in a way that most of these type of movies do not. So um, I'm definitely going to give it a recommendation, and it's huge. It's pulling summer numbers in the fall. It's it's already over 500 million worldwide. I think 544 worldwide Jeez. right now. I, that's summer numbers in the fall. I didn't even man. know that's, that. That's, that's incredible. And I'll just say that uh, – if there's some kind of tomfoolery where this just gets, I mean, there's rumors that they're just going to, the Academy's just going to ignore it. Uh, I think that's just a tragedy because Joaquin Phoenix in this is just phenomenal. I mean, he, I mean, it, that's, I think he's com- just a chameleon. I mean, in the way that like, this felt like a Daniel Day-Lewis type of performance. I really think that it's that good. So uh, I think regardless of how you feel about the whole uh, controversy or whatever, it's definitely something that people should see. If you don't want to see it in the theaters, I get that because it's, the aesthetic they use in this movie, it looks like a bootleg. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, if you want to you, – you have access to a bootleg or something like that, that's, that's your business. But if you want to wait for home video, I think it will be fine. I don't feel like it's anything you need to see. It's not a spectacle that you need to see on the big screen or thing. But I definitely think you need to see it. But it's definitely not a superhero movie. No, I mean, I didn't see it, and, I, and I've had a few people tell me don't. I've had a few people tell me do. Um the people that tell me do are not the people I expect to tell me to, to go see it. The people that tell me don't are the people I'm surprised really? are telling me don't. Um, so it, it definitely seems to be very like you either love it or you hate it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Like to me again, what's the point of the movie? When you, when you take a DC property, is it going to go anywhere? Is it going to do anything? Is this a standalone line? Like DC themselves has like been coy because again, Warner Brothers does not have a plan for anything. They're right, just going right. to see like, oh, is it making money? Cool. Give it a sequel. Cool. Shoehorn it in somehow. They haven't done that yet to, I guess, their credit. But for me, I, I, I just don't – I don't see the point of going. I, I've spo- Of course, it's me. I spoiled the movie for myself, and that didn't spoil much because it really doesn't go anywhere. Um so I, I don't know if I'll see it or not. I mean, right now it's looking not likely. But, I mean, as far as the award season goes, I've also read that they might shy away from it. But even if they don't shy away from it, the Academy is not historically known to give recognition to a, to another actor playing the same character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what that means is because Heath Ledger has already won for the Joker, I don't think Joaquin Phoenix is going to even get nominated for playing the Joker. Um, you know, some I've heard that he, some people love his performance and say it transcends the character. Some people say, you know, he's the only good thing in the movie, even if they hate the movie, but uh, it, it hasn't really happened. And I, I don't know that the Academy will go there, especially when, you know, I mean, it's still early. There's still plenty of time and plenty of other movies, uh, 
to go and I mean Tom Hanks still has to to pick up his nomination because I, I called that like three years ago so I need that to happen. Right in that uh, that big that big Netflix movie with all the the gangster movies. Francis Ford yep. Coppola doing it. That's you know that's going to be straight Oscar bait. Even if they want to ignore Netflix, you know that's going yep. to be straight Oscar. Every time that guy puts out a movie, it's going to be one. So, uh, yeah, but I just I just I just hope it isn't for stupid reasons. Just I'm all about hey give 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 these actors their due, even if we don't like a, a message or a decision in a movie because he's he's fantastic. And I started thinking about it. I was like, dude, what was the last role with Joaquin Phoenix that wasn't really great? Honestly. Fucking space camp. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even think of one. Oh, all right. Um, her, by the way, her. If you guys haven't seen her, fantastic movie. Uh, but, but since we're talking about that, look, guys, uh, this is that is not that is not a DC movie. It really is not. He is not anything like the Joker, except that he's violent. Uh, so it's it's when you say they don't have a plan as a standalone. Yes, it's a standalone because this is not something that they want to throw into a universe. I felt like the Martha and Thomas Wayne stuff was kind of at the end was kind of forced in by studio uh, because it didn't feel like it fit with the rest of the movie. Uh, and that leads me to where the DCEU is going. And I'm going to be honest, Danny, it's not a place I really feel like following, which is weird because I liked Aquaman. I thought Shazam was fantastic. And I find myself having zero interest in birds of prey or i'm sorry harley quinn in the birds of prey and even though james gunn's doing it i'm just like yeah suicide squad too whatever whatever so you being the suicide squatter are you into it uh i haven't seen anything from the suicide squad so it's really hard for me to say am i into it or am i not into it i think it kind of depends on the, the trailer um the Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn or whatever the Worst hell. Worst title ever. Did I Worst. get that right? I think I might have got that right. Um, the trailer just does nothing for me. A, a lot of people like it because it seems chaotic and colorful, but you know what also seems chaotic and colorful that people hate it? For me, because I, I love that movie. I don't I don't care. Um Yeah, I it, the trailer did nothing for me. It literally did nothing for me. It, it it seems like a Margot Robbie vehicle, and great. She's a great actress. If she just wants this pet project and to have some fun and to be crazy for a little bit, by all means, go ahead, knock your socks off. I have no interest in seeing it. Um, you know, there is that Wonder Woman 84 movie out there. I will, of course, see that because the first Wonder Woman is pretty great, except for like one minor right. delay in the third act. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I'm excited to see. Uh, Wonder Woman 84, if we ever see a trailer for that, um, please, please, please let it be a Christmas present to all of us. I think that the trailer for Birds of Prey looked like one of your CW shows. And I'm not I don't mean that as just like cruel to saying, oh, you're shitty CW. Show. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it looks low budget. The costuming looks like it's straight out of Hot Topic, which I feel like is their target audience. You know, they want to sell of- some merch. It reminded me of the first trailer for Titans where they tried to be dark and edgy and they said, fuck Batman. And yeah. no, like that lost a lot of people off the get go. And I, I, that's what I feel like this is. You'll have a, a strong core audience, but I, I can't see this being like widespread and like a, a $500 million movie. I did. I'm not going to here and tell you, oh, I was this huge Birds of Prey fan, but you know, I do love Black Canary. I do love Oracle and I, it, and Huntress. And I feel like that trailer was fucking Harley Quinn and the other ones maybe got like a cameo in the trailer. So I hope that the movie ain't like that, you know, where you just basically have the birds of prey be completely ignored. It's like, why not just call it Harley Quinn and the birds? Of prey? Oh, I know. Cause you had to come up with the worst title 
ever. As far as Suicide Squad 2, all I think we've gotten is a a logo, which was just like straight like Spartan logo that could have been done on MS Paint, which I think is very much intentional. And I think we got like a a photo of the cast in their in their costumes, which is, you know, like mostly motion capture stuff. But but John Cena is going to be in the movie, dude. So it's if important. he's not playing King Shark, I don't care. I know, right? <laughs> I can't believe this is shooting, and we don't even know who's playing who yet. So, but he need he's when I think of King Shark and what King Shark can be, he's the only one to me that could sell through just like the campiness of what King Shark is. All right, well, let's move over to another universe. No, not the Marvel universe, but the Venomverse, Danny. I think that's what they're the name they're going with is the Venom verse now you knew when marvel and sony came to an agreement like we said they would you guys we said that they would eventually come back to the table I mean, it was just posturing it's negotiating it's the way these things go does kevin feige not get what kevin feige wants we knew this was going to happen but i think part of the deal was is tom holland's got to he's got to show up in the venom verse they've got to legitimize that the venom verse does take place in the same timeline as the mcu or an alternate timeline i mean Look how successful Into the Spider-Verse was. I think it's very clear that's what they're going to do here. And Ruben Fleischer, Fleischer, he's the one that directed the first Venom movie. Uh, He said it is confirmed that Tom Holland will be appearing in the Venomverse. So what's your thoughts on that? I don't think it's going to happen in this this Maximum Carnage movie. but Uh, I think it'll happen in the Stinger. And I I definitely think that this is part of the negotiation. Like uh, if Kevin Feige wanted a little bit more money, he had to give up something and giving up Tom Holland to the Venom versus probably what it was. Um, I, I like Tom Holland. I think he's a great Spider-Man, probably the best Peter Parker, Spider-Man combo that we've seen on film. Sure. If you're telling me that he's going to interact with Tom Hardy, I like that. Like as, as the first Venom, whatever you think about it, it was still entertaining to watch Tom Hardy essentially talk to himself. And that's because Tom Hardy is he's a chameleon. He loses himself in all of his roles. He's really committed to it. And to see that Eddie Brock and that Peter Parker, that will be interesting. Will it have the same relationship as the comics? No, because Eddie Brock does this Eddie Brock does not hate Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. But if his symbiote loves Peter Parker, then maybe he gets jealous of Peter Parker. Maybe that's the angle they take there. I like where uh, you're going. Either, either way, uh, if you're telling me, hey, you're going to get a movie potentially with Tom Holland and, and uh, Tom Hardy, yeah, sure. Here's my money. Well, the rumor I've heard is now that we get some of these details, and um, I'm going off of the YouTube account Midnight's Edge. They have a lot of insider information if you guys haven't checked them out. But they say that the, the, the deal includes two more appearances for Spider-Man MCU, Spider-Man three, whatever that's called, like Sadie Hawkins. We always joke about that. And, uh, and, and one more team up movie, which is obviously going to be what new Avengers probably. So, and then apparently the, the, the deal ends. And I think that they want to take Spider-Man back for good at that point. So I think this deal really was just to finish off his storyline in, in the MCU. So, mm. um, that's a shame because you know how I feel about the next wave of MCU movies is like, you ain't even going to have Spider-Man anymore? Mm, it's kind of getting tough for me, guys. It's getting really, really tough. And I know you're going to tell me, oh, X-Men and Fantastic Four. Well, let's just wait and see. Let's just wait and see. I'll put it that way. No, but, you um, got Mahershala Ali coming into it as yeah. Blade. Oh, we'll see if that ever actually happens. You know, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm just MCU'd out. I, I think Endgame was just so emotionally exhausting that I'm just done, man. At least for a while. At least for a while. Until Especially, Mahershala, Mahershala Ali comes out as Blade. And then Mahershala, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know the thing. As soon as I see like some stuff about X-Men, it'll probably get me excited again. I mean, I'm only human. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the X guy here, you know? And how about they get, like, I don't know, Michael Fassbender back in this universe somehow? Make a hell, make him Doctor Doom. All right. <laughs> I, I will say though, because because you brought it up, I, I do expect whenever Marvel does the mutants thing, they will do it right and they will do it justice. Uh, as we've seen in the comic side, they have poured a lot into revitalizing the X Men brand now that they own all things X Men again. So, um, you know, House of X and Powers of X have, are getting well, just a lot of uh, praise and you know acclaim for for what they've done through those two miniseries. So. I can see uh, Marvel setting the setting the groundwork here for uh, bringing back the X Men uh, proper into the MCU. I think I said this after our um, uh, was it Comic Con? The yeah. Comic Con episode was where I said, "Look, if Doctor Strange three, which is confirmed to have Scarlet Witch in it, starts setting up House Ooh. of M, yeah, I'll get excited." Or two, sorry, sorry, can't keep. They've got. There'll probably be a part three announced before part two even comes out, right? Yeah. Um, so that 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 that's kind of where I stand with it. But I'm watching, you know, every morning me and my kid watch a, a an animated series episode, and we we moved on. We finished Batman and we finished Green Lantern, and now we moved on to X Men, and it's just really just like, man, this show has aged incredibly well. It's really really fun still, and it's gonna be on Disney Plus. That's weird to me. Uh, but let's stick with Sony just for a minute here because you know I can't say anything positive about Sony without throwing some shit at Sony, right? Um, I know you were probably too young to grow up with Masters of the Universe, that's He-Man and She-Ra and all that. Uh, but, you know, Sony, I, I actually brought up one time that Sony had started sh- shooting on the Masters of the Universe movie and they stopped production because they ran out of money. Because they had no idea how many, how much how much the sets were going to cost on a crazy fantasy show like He-Man. Uh, because, you know, they don't know how to plan anything. Uh, now the rumor is, is that they are going to proceed with this, but they are going to sell it to Netflix because they are... F- if it's power, if it does well on Netflix, they feel like they'll actually get some money out of it. But if it bombs at the theater, they'll lose a ton of money out of it. I, I get the business side of it, but I'm just like, can you guys do anything right? They just did this to keep the license. It's like, dude, if you guys don't want to do it, just let it go, man. Let it go. No, nah, they just want to make a little money here. So, I mean, to me, it's it's. I mean, and you as a, as a business guy, this this is smart business. Like, yeah, it is. It there is. is no there is no risk for them. And they can reap a lot of rewards. So if Netflix is dumb enough to, and again, how does Netflix make money? I really don't understand I still that. Don't get it. I really don't get it. But hey, if Netflix wants to do Sony a solid, by all means, it looks like Sony is a. This is smart. If anything, this is smart. It might be lazy on on the actual production side, and uh, you know, I'm sure diehard fans of uh, Masters of the Universe would love someone behind someone behind the franchise that was like in it but business-wise yeah this is this well is you know what i'd like i'd like a guy that isn't like 180 pounds to be fucking he-man but that's just me um look i loved he-man when i was a kid i'm sure if you push me i could dig up the picture of me playing with my mountain of fucking he-man toys when i was a child i was all about it but you know what i'd much rather have a conan the barbarian series than Mas- the masters of the universe honestly i'd rather bring back because i mean all he-man was was the kid's version of conan so, I mean, you even had Skeletor, who was Thulsa Doom from the Conan books. I mean, it's the same freaking character, basically. So, I, I I don't even need this movie. 
Uh, I'm more interested, honestly, in Kevin Smith's like anime Masters of the Universe series he's going to do for Netflix in this, honestly. So uh, I'd like to be surprised, but whatever. Six-year-old me would be excited for a minute, but really, He-Man, for me, as soon as Ninja Turtles came out, He-Man was a thing of the past for me. It was all about Ninja Turtles after that. Um, since we don't have like a ton of topics, because I, I think this is the slowest fall we've ever had since we started this show, I, I want to talk about some of these fall movies uh, that are coming up. And, you know, I should have pulled up a list of everything that's still yet to come out this year, because I wanted to ask you if uh, there was anything left uh, coming out in the theaters this year that you, you plan on seeing. I mean, I know you plan on seeing Joker, but the, you know, sometimes these things just don't happen. I mean, there's lots of movies I plan on seeing in the theater. Like, I, I still haven't seen John Wick 3, and it's out on video now. So uh, that's just that's just how, how life goes. By the way, Joker already entered top 10 for the year worldwide. Did you say video come out on video? Hmm? What do you call it? I don't know. Come stream, stream, streaming video, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. HD digital here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I'm looking at the top 10 highest grossing films worldwide for 2009. And there's something in there called Nija that I've never even heard of. That's made $730 million. As far as uh, movies that I, I will go see in the theater, there there's still a few out there this year that I, that I want to see. And I'm yes, kind of, I know one we're going to laugh about. Hang on. Hang on. Where are we at? We are in October. I am in the wrong month. Well, go ahead and tell me what, what some of the ones that you want to see. Yeah, I'm kind of tempted by Zombie Zombie Land Double Tap because the uh, the fact that they've got Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone back for a silly zombie movie is is remarkable to me. Uh, I the trailers look fun, entertaining. I mean, I could see myself going on a Saturday or Sunday if I had nothing to do. Uh, don't give a shit about the Terminator movie. They need to let that franchise die. Please let it die until someone reboots it in about 25 years. I like that came out. Did it already come out? I don't even know. Oh, comes out in November. Uh, I'm tempted by Ford versus Ferrari because a lot of reviews, early reviews have said that uh, Matt Damon, Christian Bell are fantastic. And our boy, John Bernthal is in there as well. Um, this potentially has Oscar credibility. So might go there. What about Gemini uh, Man? You're not going to go see Gemini Man? I love Will Smith. That movie looks bad. And we already we had got Looper. This. It already so. flopped. Joker Joker beat it. We already had Looper, so why do we need the same movie? The one movie, like, there are two movies that are for sure, like, I'm going to go see them in theater. Knives Out is one of them. I know you have your issues with Ryan Johnson. The reviews for this have been phenomenal. I love the movie Clue. I love a good whodunit, and they say that this is the modern whodunit uh I love Daniel Craig as well. He's my he's my favorite James Bond. So they had all the the makings here to get me in there. The rest of the cast is fantastic. You got Chris Evans, uh, Michael Shannon, our favorite uh, General Zod, uh, like Keith Stanfield. So that's a movie that I I can't not go to. And then of course the other one, which you're going to roll your eyes at even harder, would be Star Wars Episode Nine. Well, because look, I'm going to lie to myself and say I'm not going to go watch Episode Nine in theaters. I Okay, stay tuned into the channel, guys. I will, I will, I will sit here and make a video of me reading a Star Wars book instead of going and seeing episode you nine. You watched the Joker in theater. You, you cannot tell me you don't want to know how this ends. I was bored. Um, I would like to see Zombieland just because I like the first one so much. However, the trailers haven't really impressed me. Really, I, I do like that they're all back together. You know, Woody's always going to be an automatic for me, but not enough for me to go see it in the theater. Um, I kind of think the Adams Family movie looks kind of fun. Not gonna I, lie. Love the Adams family. I didn't see the first Maleficent, so that's a big no. 
Uh, Doctor Sleep, for sure, just finished the book, and it's a Stephen King story, and it's done by my favorite horror director working right now, and Mike Flanagan. So, of course, I'm going to see that. Um, yeah, that 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 might that might be it as far as ryan johnson look if he's if he's making a movie and he's keeping him away from star wars awesome i am in support of this just keep him away from star wars that's all good um i actually have heard good things about knives out but you know i heard good things about the last jedi so you know what do you know uh i love looper though i think looper is one of the best science fiction movies i've seen in the last 20 years so Mm -hmm. You know, it isn't just like blind hatred for Ryan Johnson. As long as he stays so, off Twitter. You know, as long so as long far, good. 88 reviews. It's an 8.5 out of 10. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, you give me the audience scores. That's what that's what, that's what I'm more concerned with these days. I, I seem to agree with the audiences much more than movie critics these days. Yeah, I, You couldn't make me go see Terminator. Sorry. No. That, that, uh, seriously, let the franchise sit. For the last Terminator years. I paid for was Terminator 3, and I walked out of the theater kind of like shaking my head, and I knew it was over. I knew it was over. And everyone since then has just gotten worse. And that's 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 hard to do. I mean, you just put out Genesis last time, which was pretty terrible. And apparently this is worse. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you can give me Charlie's Angels. Come on, man. No, that no. movie looks that movie looks so bad. Woof. Uh, yeah, I think that that might be it for me, man. Uh, I won't lie. I like the, the last Jumanji movie. This one, I don't like that they changed they changed all their characters, and I think that that's a poor decision because I what really made it work for me was Jack Black playing a 15 year old girl. I thought that he it was so amazing, and now they've changed it around. And you don't want to see Jack. You don't want to see. Uh, was it Danny DeVito being The Rock, or The Rock being Danny DeVito? Yeah, Danny DeVito being or The Rock being Danny DeVito. Yeah. I mean, it's The Rock, sure. I have. I, in this house, we have an agreement with my wife is that if a rock, the rock is in a movie, we watch it. You know, it's not hard to get me to. I mean, we're going to watch Hobbs and Shaw because it looks like a modern day. Uh, oh, God, what was that movie? Um, I can't believe I'm drawing a, a blank. A Tango and Cash. It looks like a modern day Tango and Cash, which is one of my favorite bad movies ever. And so it's Jason Statham and The Rock, two of my favorite action actors. I mean, working. you also got Chris Hart acting like Danny Glover. And to me, that's just like that's perfect casting right there. I'm sure it'll be entertaining. I mean, it's it's got it's got my girl Karen Gilliam, in it, wearing really nice shorts, and so yeah, sure. Of course, I'm going to watch the movie. I'm just saying, I don't think I'm going to pay to go see this. Uh, so yeah, I think that's really yeah. It feels like it looks like a, a really weak fall for me. And I know you guys keep on joking and saying, oh, like you're not going to go see Star Wars. I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? You say, oh, when the the reviews come out and they're really great. Yeah. The reviews for Last Jedi were great. When when we sit here in January and if you haven't watched it yet. Did I say I wouldn't watch it? I said I will not pay to go see it. I I have. You know what I'll do? I'll download it illegally just to give Lucasfilm a big big F you. Um, Hey, let's move to TV, man. And uh, you didn't get a chance to come on the air and, and flex on me for subscribing to disney plus for three years i did this because that deal was just too good to pass up so i'm gonna let you do that but i also want to talk about they released a three hour video today me and my wife are about an hour into it by the way in chronological order by by the release date of everything that's going to be available on disney plus on day one november the 12th and they were up to my birthday 1978 and i'm just like it's been an hour and i'm like dude this is incredible so and they they even got to the fog. They've gotten the one thing that wasn't a Disney property at this point, and it was Star Wars in 1977. So, oh, my God. And the thing was is I'm going to sound like such an old fogey here because I'm old enough to remember when the Disney Channel first debuted. 
and all they had on there was all their old movies, and I had just like a flood of nostalgia for, oh my god, I haven't thought about like fucking Herbie movies and shit that I haven't thought about since I was a small child. Don Knotts movies and shit. It's just crazy the amount of stuff they got in there. But, you know, my wife wants to watch all the old animated classics, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that alone, we haven't even gotten any of the original original stuff yet. So this is, I I don't see, at this point, if you got that deal that I got where it's like basically $3 a month for three years, I don't know how you could say no to it, really, just to watch the old stuff on it. So the, the new stuff is only going to be a bonus, really. But go ahead, flex on me. I mean, me even if you even if you didn't get that deal and it's six, seven bucks a month, I mean, this is why I canceled Netflix. I mean, the con the content that Disney has under its umbrella. Forget, I mean, for a second, forget about all the stuff that they bought over the last like five years, five, ten, fifteen years. The stuff that they had alone, it funded a channel. It could do a streaming channel. You'll never watch all of it, ever. Like at this point, it's impossible. So the value of the deal, and I also got the deal. I mean, I don't commitment scary, but like three years, three bucks a month. Yeah, sure, sign me up because this is a stupid, crazy deal. I could just watch all these old movies that quote unquote went to the vault. Guess what? The vault's open, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's open now. <laughs> and I would be happy. And then you're gonna give me all of the the, the Lucasfilms movies, all of the Marvel movies uh fox for crying out loud all of that stuff every episode of the simpsons oh that alone, my god that alone because the classic simpsons episodes are fucking gold now watch time all. streaming ever i'll That's... watch those. i'll watch those all day long trust me and then you get all the new stuff and the stuff that actually looks pretty good the stuff that has movie quality budgets from both the marvel and you know lucas films this is a, this is a no-brainer. Like this is this is absolute insanity. If you didn't get the three-dollar deal, if you didn't get the the bundle with like ESPN and Hulu, what are you doing? Like stop right now and go get that bundle because this is just a crazy deal. It's better than anything Netflix has as far as the deal goes. Amazon is lucky because Amazon Prime at least gives their package value because like who doesn't love like same-day delivery and like two-day free two-day ship. Netflix is screwed, in my opinion. Like, if I'm Netflix and I own it and I'm watching this three-hour video, what do you have to give your consumers other than, hey, for 15 to 20 bucks a month, you get access to, like, this sliver that people are pulling away, like, their most beloved properties. Like, they've lost the Marvel stuff. They'll lose – they already lost – they're going to lose the office, friends. Like, what why would you keep netflix when you have all this other stuff out there well as someone who's keeping netflix i'll tell you uh, i i agree that that price point is either going to have to come down or they're going to have to add ads uh, because they're not going to be able to compete because you know what consumers you know what they vote with their wallet and you're going to tell me i got to pay three times that look with Disney, you, they're not going to push anything past PG-13. They've already said like stuff like American Dad isn't going to be on there because you know it's, it is not PG-13 content. So you can say, okay, well, I want my adult programming on Netflix. You know, I want my Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr stand-ups. I want my you know Stranger Things and, and, and this Breaking Bad movie, things like that. Yes, you can say we are a great counter program. We actually have stuff for adults, and you know what? Their kids' stuff is fantastic too. I mean. I would never get rid of it just for all the stuff my kids watch off there. 
So their original content, yes, is great. But if you're going to keep, they keep raising that price a buck or two every year. I mean, it's almost it's almost up to like sixteen bucks now. So it's it's going to get to the point where like, why am I paying that much just for like four or five original series I like a lot? You know what your kids would really like, Mike? They'd like to watch the 1981 Spider-Man animated series that birthed the meme of "Hey you." They would like to watch the 1990 Spider-Man series that is a classic I grew up with. Like this is this again. Like this, I didn't even think of half of the stuff that I saw in this video because I was like, I didn't even realize. Yeah, Disney. It was like two weeks ago, and I started being like, "Holy shit, they're gonna have like X-Men the animated series and shit" because they bought Fox. I was like, "Oh my god!" So yeah, it's. Every X-Men animated series, they're going to have every Spider-Man animated series. Like, that right there is gold. Hmm. Every Avengers animated series that's come out. The the 1990 Iron Man animated series, which is, like, super shitty, but also still great. Right. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think it will definitely hurt Netflix quite a bit. And I think it'll make Netflix have to cut back. You know, stop making so many boneheaded decisions that put them in debt. Or they're going to spin themselves into oblivion to the point where they got to sell. I don't think they'll ever go away because of name recognition. Someone will buy that IP. <coughs> Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Uh, but I don't. I. They'll be my. I often have said it, and, and I, I believe this is Netflix's future. They'll, they'll be a studio somewhere, and they'll make content for somebody, whether that's Amazon or NBC's streaming service, Peacock or. HBO streaming service or, or, or whatever, they'll be someone's studio. They're I actually, too think, I actually think HBO is going to get hurt worse than Netflix. HBO needs to start making some new series, and they need to start doing it now. Yeah, not not by performance sacrilege on my Watchmen. All right, there we go. Uh, hey, Danny, let me ask you a question. I, I don't want you to tell me who is going to be in Crisis on Infinite Earths. I want to tell you who, who is not going to be in Crisis on Infinite Earths, because at this point it's just like, not all these people can have a speaking role, for God's sakes. This is just this. This is like Infinity War size freaking uh, cast here. This is insane. Well, it'll be interesting. So they have five episodes that they're doing this across. So when you remove commercials, you're looking at three and a half, four hours, three and a half to four hours. Yep. About three hours, 45 minutes, give or take. So there, there should be at least a line here, a line there. Um, I imagine some of the cameos will just be like the monitor looking across different universes and you see like little glimpses of it. Um, who's not going to be in it. The only name who has turned down a spot that has gone on record is Michael Rosenbaum. Our, yeah, our it bums me out too. My favorite. Our favorite I, it bums me out, but we, we can understand it because they literally said, Hey, are you going to do this or not? Didn't tell him how long you'd shoot. Didn't give him a script didn't offer to pay him so i can i get it like hey he's got his own podcast thing he's doing he's doing well for himself if he doesn't need it he doesn't need it um but everyone else i mean you got i mean you got the rest of the non uh prisoned smallville cast that that's there uh you've got you fuck you got the dude you got robin from batman 66 like what the, what the hell they're trying to get uh, linda carter from the reprise oh, wonder woman uh, they got. Ju- I think they're talking to Justin Hartley, or they got Justin Hartley. Um, I know that that's been heavily rumored because he played Green Arrow on Smallville, and people really, really want to see him, uh, even if it's just for a cameo. You got Birds of Prey for for, for crying out loud. 
uh, Michael Keaton, no, but like they're going to reference Michael Keaton at the very least. Uh, his Batman, Kevin Conroy's in it. Like this is literally the biggest love letter to DC television of all time. And if you, if, whether you grew up watching Batman sixty six or Smallville, or in our case, both of those shows, you're going to tune in for this. There's no way you're not because there's just there's so much here. And if they did that last year when they did that little that little nod back to Smallville and people went crazy for it. Now you get four hours of like everything. This is, this is going to be a, a spectacle. And uh, I, I think they're, I think they're going to pull off something pretty spectacular. I, I still want to see him get Chloe back from Smallville. All right. That, that, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that might be tough. No, you can just, just, just shoot her scenes in her jail cell and you can say it's Arkham. There you go. I, <laughs> I think the one that I'm most excited for out of all of this is, is Kevin Conroy. And it's, it's twofold. It's, it's a, he, he's long Finally gets to play Batman. Yeah. Play a live action Bruce Wayne. Long overdue. Like everyone points to him as that's your Batman voice. That's your Bruce Wayne voice. The fact that he's going to play an older Batman in the vein of Batman beyond that's just fucking genius. Like that's just taking advantage of the fact that he is an older gentleman now. And, I love the portrayal of Bruce Wayne in Batman Beyond as that cranky curmudgeon who knows everything. So, yeah, sign me up for it. I, I'm really excited. I'm really happy for him because you you know deep down at some point he wanted to play this character live action. And I'm sure he probably thought those days were not going to happen. And uh, I, I think this is probably going to be the biggest uh, the moment for him. One more question before we move on. Do you think they have any surprises that they're not telling us? Like, do you think we'll – Say they did something like absolutely nuts and they just went for it and they got Brian Cranston to show up to play Lex Luthor for like a scene. I mean, obviously that would be insane. And I want to think that they would use something like that to get more viewers. But do you think they got some big, crazy surprise in there that they aren't even telling us some casting? I, I think there's got to be two big, crazy surprise. I mean, it's hard to, for them to do crazy surprises. They shoot in Vancouver. Uh, people can whip out a camera more or less. So I, I think there probably are two big surprises. I think they... I would bet that they have a movie actor in there, uh, not as a reference like the Michael Keaton thing that I've seen, but I, I do think that they pull out, they bring a movie actor in. I don't know which one. Um, shrug. Uh, if I had to guess, it's probably going to be something from like like a, a side character or something, but whatever. And the second one is I do think that there's a Green Lantern thing. I, I think they addressed that. They've they've danced towards it closer and closer over the past two or three years. If you're going to have this event and you're going to have like a Wonder Woman, a, like five Superman and uh, Batman and Batwoman and uh, Black Lightning and all that, how can you not have a lantern? So I, I think that there will be a Green Lantern. I think it'll be our boy Diggle. And I think that people will lose their collective minds because uh, people have been begging for that since uh, season one of Arrow. You know, I hope they do. And I hope it does really well. And it gets enough excitement that they say, you know what, we're going to do a Green Lantern TV show and. You know, give me more stuff like that, unless like Batwoman. Did you watch Batwoman? Uh, I watched the the pilot. Watched the second episode. It's it's got some potential. Like it, it does. Uh, like I said, with most TV series, the first four are in the can before they start getting like critical feedback from it. So I'm hoping they make some adjustments. But I mean, so far it's a solid replacement for Arrow. Hmm. All right, but. Um, I mean, I'm more excited to see the final season of Arrow. I mean, there's no way they don't send that show out right. And 
Stephen Amell seems pretty pumped about it. So I heard that uh, Red Arrow is coming back for the final season. Like yeah. the, the actor, I can't think of his name. Uh, Colton Haynes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he has like a lot of uh, real life issues, so it's it's cool he's going to get past it to be able to to come back for the show for the end. Because I actually uh, like the stuff with him and, and Oliver in the first couple seasons. They're bringing Tommy back for an episode. They're bringing uh, Oliver's mom back for an episode for the first time since she died in season two. So uh, they're they're definitely playing the greatest hits. What about Captain Jack? Oh, you know he's going to come back. It has to. <laughs> you know he's coming back at some point. Uh, so we don't talk about wrestling too much on this show because, I don't know, we just don't. And um, I don't think either one of us really follow it enough. I mean, me and me and Armin get together and watch, like, the pay-per-views much while we end up just, like, talking and looking at Twitter the whole time instead of actually watching it because it's so bad. Well, apparently WWE pissed off their fans so bad with a Hell in a Cell finish, which Hell in a Cell is like their big, crazy, no-holds-barred cage match, right? And they ended their main event on a disqualification. And it pissed people off so much that there was so many, like, canceled WWE network and stuff was, like, trending on Twitter and things like that. It was, like, the most negative I've heard uh, on them in a long time. And it's just... It's so crazy that when this happened, the audience started chanting AEW, which is going to be their competition here. If you maybe, hopefully they become their competition. And we talked before when they got a TV deal, we talked about can they be serious competition? Well, uh, I watched the first couple of episodes. It, 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 it's pos- I felt really positive about it. Obviously, it looks small because, you know, it doesn't have Vince McMahon money yet. Uh, that's the owner of the Jaguars, Shad Khan, is that his name? He's the yeah. one who's funding this, and TNT gave him the, t- the TV deal. So it didn't look like cheap, like Impact did, like something where you knew it was never going to be able to touch WWE. It's got Chris Jericho, so it's got some names and stuff that people recognize. And I think there was enough curiosity that uh, – I don't know if this was inadvertent or not, but it's going head-to-head with NXT, which is a subdivision of WWE. It's basically like their, their minor leagues. But – it's like the indie darling. Everyone that watches wrestling loves NXT. And in two episodes, AEW has beat NXT head-to-head both times. And I thought the first night, okay, this might be out of curiosity. The second night, like, oh, okay, well, hey, maybe this is a, a real thing here. So I don't know if they'll ever be able to actually compete with them. But if it does enough to where Vince is like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should stop doing shitty things like I did now in cell and, uh, and, and maybe take some advice from people in the industry who uh, are like, okay, you know, maybe you need to let this happen, you know, because you, you might just be 80 something. It might be a little out of touch with what fans are looking for because uh, this AEW sounds like they're really going to listen to what the fans want. And that's what I think that WWE has been missing since like 2005 four or five so uh i'm positive about it i think it's pretty cool but uh as far as if they'll ever be able to actually compete with them uh, it's a pie in the sky in my opinion i mean the only reason that's that wcw ever competed with them is just because the nwo like blew up at a time when the world was ready for that i mean that's why you have people who had never watched wrestling before i don't think we'll ever get back there but i mean it's pulling like a million million people in the ratings that's really impressive for a small wrestling organization that nobody knows about I guess at this point, it's just like, can they retain that audience? So, because if they lose their TV deal, that's it's it's over. Any opinions at all? Uh, I mean, I think what you said earlier. I mean, that's kind of been the unofficial theme for the show is that people will vote with their with their wallets and with their eyeballs. And you know, if you have your fans chanting for your competitor, and you have people tuning into your competitor because they're not happy with your product and they're not satisfied with it. I mean, it's no different here than with Netflix and then with DCEU or Sony movies or anything like that. So, 
you know, um, competition is only a good thing. It's a good thing if you embrace it and let it push you to, to get off your lazy ass. And it, it sounds like uh, WWE needs that. This is why people don't want a Disney Monopoly, guys, because competition, the only people who win in a competition is the consumers. Okay, so this is always a good thing. Um, we don't talk really too many real world events in, in this podcast, but uh, I just couldn't touch on this. The South Park getting banned in China. And the whole thing about this is when I heard this, I said, weren't they already banned in China? So I was actually quite stunned to, to, to hear that in season 23, they finally pushed enough buttons. And then we also, I mean, they got the thing with, with Blizzard, the, the, the gaming studio, and the, and the NBA, and all this stuff with China. Uh, regardless of where you stand on that, I mean, that's that's aside the point. I just thought this was quite a funny story because then they put out like a, a, a faux apology where they basically did in South Park fashion and threw everybody under the bus, including the NBA. And I, I just it's just good for a laugh. And they right before their 300th episode, too. I, I talk all the time about the Holy Trinity being South Park, Simpsons, and Family Guy. South Park's the only one I still watch and find funny. So when was the last time you watched a South Park episode? Oh, man. It's probably been a few years. Um, I'm, I, 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 this is the first time I'm hearing about the, the South Park involvement. I'm surprised it wasn't banned already. Right, right. That's what I thought. That's the more surprising thing to me. Uh, not surprised that uh, Trey and Matt swung for the fence on this because 23 years, that's, that's what they do. They're not afraid of of anyone. I mean, they skewered Kanye West at the peak of his powers and made fun of him and they've made fun of anything relevant. I mean, we've, we all know how the show gets made now, essentially within a week. So I'm assuming that the NBA kind of lit the powder keg and they were like, cool, let's take our shots. And of course it's South Park. They don't really miss like when they, when they want to, when they want to put a bullseye on you, they will put a bullseye on you. And that's, I mean, that's probably their only intent was to to get press off of this. And, um, yeah, I mean, hell, we probably are already banned in China just for talking about China. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, the thing with South Park, what you talk about is that they make the episodes so quick. That's why they're always able to hit on these real-world topics, mm-hmm. like, as they happen. Because it was like, dude, this episode happened, and then that stuff with the NBA broke out, like, the next day. And I was like, what the hell? I swear. I said, so it's like them and, and, South, and Simpsons seem to predict everything. It's crazy. Oh, the Simpsons! If the Simpsons haven't done it, like, does it actually? Did it actually happen? Right. I mean, it's just it's a, it's just amazing. One that they haven't gotten. Uh, okay, first the 300 episodes. I mean, I was in high school when this show came out when it first started. Okay, it's just nuts. It's lasted that long and that it still ha- it still can make you laugh. You know, I feel like I have. I remember the last time I watched a Simpsons episode and I laughed. You know, it's been on longer, yeah. but I don't remember the last time I I'm not taking anything away from them. You know, they, they blazed that trail, you know? So, I mean, it, hell, even South Park did the episode where Simpsons did it, you know? Yeah. So they're, they're, they're legends, but it's just, I can't believe that they weren't banned. I can't believe they were about to hit their 300th episode. And then I can't believe that I can believe they their, their, their fake apology, you know? So, I mean, it's just, it's nuts, man. They, they just, they just go for it. Like you said, they just go for it. You know, who doesn't go for it? Mr. Robot. Uh, I, I want to start like this segment called like what happened to the show. And this is shows that we used to watch and it just kind of lost its way. And we just kind of fell off on it. Like we usually do uh, Westworld, which uh, I don't think there's anything that can get me go back to Westworld, especially since after I watched like recap videos, like short recap videos just to see what happened at the end of season two. And I was just laughing at every episode. Um, Mr. Robot, I think I bailed really quick in season two. You held on for a little longer than I did, but I read like a synopsis for the final season and I'm like, 
holy shit, Rami Malek's like, I'm an Oscar-winning actor now, and I'm contractually obligated to do this goddamn show. <laughs> he can't be thrilled about having to do this. It's like, um, God, what's her name that won the Oscar, and she's got to go do another season of Preacher. Oh, um, oh shit. Oh, she's, oh, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm just like, it just these 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 TV actors that get a movie role and win an Oscar, and then they're like, Ruth Nega, Ruth Nega. Yeah, I'm contractually obligated to go back to the show that no one is watching. Mr. Robot's ratings are like 0.1. It's no one watches it anymore, and he's got to go do another series. But hey, he's gonna be like James Bond, right? Uh, I mean, what happened to this show? We we all we all know the first season is. It's incredible. It's electric. Yeah. I think it just blew its wild that first season. I, I think the, the thing was that the first season is so tight, such a good story. Didn't really see anything, you know, didn't really see anything coming. And by the, I mean, there's such conflict there's su- between, you know, uh, Elliot and Mr. Robot and Elliot and E Corp and F Society. Like there's so much tension in that first season. And then by the end of that last episode, it's like, boom, paid all, paid all off. The issue, I think, is it reminded me the second season a little bit of uh, Alias, another one of our favorite shows. Alias was so good when it was a, a tight little spy show about, you know, Sidney Bristow double crossing, triple cross, triple crossing everyone. Oh, you weren't and into the then, Rambaldi box? <laughs> and then when when they started to get cute with like turning it into a sci-fi show, that's when everyone was like, what the fuck is this show? Like, this this is getting off the rails. Right. For Mr. Robot, they didn't try to become sci-fi. The second season, they just tried to create another secret society. And then they tried to be super cute. And the showrunner would say, like, oh, no, we're not doing the same thing that we did last year where everyone's lying to you. And then they lied to you. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that, that reveal hit, that's when I think Mr. Robot just lost people is because – the showrunner tried to be too cute and he got real meta with it. And people, people don't like being lied to. People do not like feeling like they're wasting their time. And I mean, even someone like me who, who loves movies, loves and loves all the aspects of like trying to keep things secret, et cetera, et cetera. If your whole thing is a whole gimmick of just like, Hey, like we're going to just have an unreliable narrator and we're going to change things up on you. And we just feel like it, like on a whim. When there's no rules to your universe, why watch? Like you're just gonna change it to be whatever you want it to be, whenever you want it to be. And after that, I just I couldn't stick with the show because I was just like, cool, there are no rules in this universe. We just have a bunch of Dos Ex Machina. We have a bunch of just like things that happen because the guy who wrote the show, Sam Ismail, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. He he just he doesn't have his plan. And he doesn't want to stick to it. Yeah, you know what? I think this season's going to be so mailed in because he's already got his next job lined up. And do you know what it is? It's a reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. For The Peacock. What are your thoughts on The Peacock, Dan? That's the streaming service that uh, NBC's putting out. It's called The Peacock. That's the dumbest name ever. Again, who names these things? I I don't understand it. Uh, He's got his next gig. Rami Malek definitely wants to get out of here and go to, you know, just star in movies. So. I can't imagine the fourth season will be any good. Um, I, I, I mean, I didn't even watch the third season. Uh, I don't know anyone that still watches this show. Uh, like you said, the ratings are – the ratings have went from – I mean, they're almost – literally almost zero. That's 
I remember when USA just hyped up Mr. Robot and like yeah, made they had an after show Robot. and yeah, oh yeah. And now like it's Sunday night at 10 p.m. Who the fuck is watching Sunday? Yeah, didn't night? Christian Slater win like an Emmy for this show? Yeah, yeah, it had all the buzz and they just 2005. I mean, this show won like this was uh, every award. Christian Slater, Rami Malek were winning everything, and yeah, well, at least it gave us Rami Malek, right? At least we'll, we'll always have that first season, and we'll yeah. just pretend it, like the show ends there. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it was a great first season. It really, really is. One of the best first seasons on. of any TV show I've ever seen. I do have a couple of game things, and I want to bring this one up because I know you, John Bernthal is your boy. Uh, that's your Michael Fassbender. If, if Michael Fassbender for me is John Bernthal for you. Anything he, he, he has his name attached to, you're going to give it attention. He's also um, your boy. I mean, John Bernthal. Oh, I like him. Oh, I like him quite a bit. Yeah. Hell, I mean, I've liked him since uh, Walk, Walking Dead. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan for sure. Um, I, I know that we were born in different uh, video game console generations. I think you said your first one was the Super Nintendo? Nintendo. The was it Nintendo? Okay. Okay. Um, so, I'm sure you played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Yes, who, who didn't get their well, Mike Tyson. You, yeah, or whatever they changed it to just punch out after he got in trouble with the law. But it was it's always going to be Mike Tyson's punch out. Um, you played the character Little Mac in that game. Well, apparently, John Bernthal has thrown his name in the ha- in the ring. He, no pun intended there. He's thrown his name in the ring that he wants to play Little Mac in a punch out movie. And, you know, at first I rolled my eyes at this, and then I said, you know what? You know what I got roped into today after school is watching Angry Birds 2 with my kid. And I'm not going to lie. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it really wasn't. So I think we're to the point now where it's like video game movies can be okay if they're animated. I don't know about live action, though. And if they're going to make a punch out movie. Look, it's John Bernthal in a boxing movie. Okay. Make it like a Rocky movie. Sure. Sure. Hell, put Spencer Sloan in there as, as the manager. You know, we'll do something like that. But I don't know. This is just. It's just wild to me, but it's John Bernthal, so I wanted to see if you had a comment. Uh, I mean, a Little Mac Punch-Out movie would just be Rocky. Like, that that's literally what it would be. Like we all Punch-Out was, was Rocky, yeah. I mean, Punch-Out was probably inspired by Rocky, and yeah, I, I, I love John Bernthal. Like, John Bernthal as a boxer, hey, that, that sounds great, but it literally sounds like Rocky, so we don't need it. And John Bernthal can go and, and star in Baby Driver 2, uh, Electric Boogaloo or something, whatever they want to call it. John Bernthal, I, I wish he were a little bit younger because John Bernthal would make an excellent Logan. He really would. Like we, what we've seen with him with the Punisher and like just the, the anger and the rage and the fear. He's got the he would, for it, for sure. God, he would be an amazing, amazing Wolverine. We won't so ever get it. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Like Tom Hardy can play any character. Like. True. I would rather see Tom Hardy as Mr. Sinister if they ever went down that route, because I think he'd be phenomenal Mr. Uh, Sinister. Well, we can't, because now he's in the MCU as Venom. But you know what they could do? They could make him Cyclops. You would never know because of that big-ass visor. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, okay, so we don't need a Punch-Out movie, but you know what You know what? Danny probably doesn't need, guys? is a PlayStation 5, because uh, he, he's a... You know how I feel about like Sony, the movie studio? I think that's how he feels about Sony, the company, because uh, he has no interest in a PS4. But PlayStation 5 beat Microsoft to the punch by announcing that PlayStation 5 comes out holiday of next year. So we're like just over a year away from PlayStation 5. Look, PlayStation 4 has completely dominated this. this if you're just going by sales. They've completely dominated this generation. We've talked many times before about how 
every time one of these game companies gets cock, gets cocky, look, Nintendo's different. Nintendo just does their thing and they do fine. Uh, but between Microsoft and, and, and PlayStation, it seems like these two have flipped back and forth the last three generations. So all the people that are like, oh, yeah, Microsoft's going to I also am going to say I have no interest in buying the Microsoft console because they don't have exclusives anymore. I can play them on my PC. Why am I buying your console if I can play the game on my PC? Fair. But I never buy a system at launch, so I won't be buying a no, never. $800 PlayStation 5. No, I will not. You never have to buy – never buy new technology in that first wave because there's always going to be bugs or – I mean, Xbox, famously, the Red Ring of and Death. And launch titles suck. No one's ever done a good job of launch titles. Halo. Halo was the last one, I think, with the original Xbox. That was the last great launch title, in my opinion. I'm not interested in the, in the PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5 is probably going to be like $1,500 or some shit like that at, at launch because it's a supercomputer with like 100,000 teraflops or whatever. This is where I wish Kyle would like actually like just give us a voice bit of like all uh, this. Kyle's come to the dark side with me. He's a PC gamer now, so he's already like, eh, fuck this thing. But, yeah. you know. I, again, like I've never bought, I've never had a Sony system, not the PlayStation, not the 2, the 3, the 4. I won't get a five. I can't see myself getting a five. I, whatever the X, the Xbox two, I'll, I'll probably get just because I, I, I love the Xbox. Eventually, one day I will buy uh, the Switch handheld, or maybe I'll just get it for Christmas if I'm lucky. Um, but yeah, right now, no. Uh, there's no desire, and I will never be a first first cycle adopter of a new console ever again. Mm. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I think the last console I bought at launch was a GameCube. Uh, GameCube might have been the last one that I got within the launch window. And that's just because I I loved Mario 64 so much. I wanted to play Mario Sunshine. I got the Wii. I got the Wii at launch. I I was that that crazy maniac who got the Wii at launch. We didn't get a Wii until it had been out for like two years. I don't know. It was just I just I was never a fan of that control scheme. We've talked. I think I sold my soul for a Wii at some point. I'm pretty sure I did. But uh, Switch is a good system, man. It really, it really is. I think it's got a good enough game library that you'd be very happy, and especially since they're putting stuff like Witcher and Switcher on there now and stuff like that. So it's, it's serious business. It's serious, serious business. Um, I think something that I've talked about. I did a video on the channel where I talked about how my disappointment and what Disney has done with Star Wars has kind of led to me going back to reading a lot of the old books again and really, really enjoying it. And so this Star Wars Fallen Jedi Order game that's coming out. Has me interested because it takes place in like the Rogue One era, you know, in between uh, Revenge of the Sith and, and A New Hope. And it looks really cool. I'm watching the trailer. I'm watching the Let's Plays, all this stuff. I'm watching all this stuff, and it looks really, really good. And then I tell myself, don't fall for it, Mike. It's EA. There's no chance that this game can actually be good, is it? Because you know what EA does? Oh, you guys like this? Well, guy, you got to pay for the rest of the game. But they claim this time there's going to be no microtransactions. It's going to be single player only. And it's not going to be a buy the DLC to get the full game. So I think that they're finally understanding why people do not like their company. But can they actually make a good Star Wars game? Um, I don't know. Um. You know, I, when I think EA, I think sports. I, I don't really think shooters. I don't really, and I know they do the Call of Order stuff. <laughs> Massive, Excuse me. Well, that was Bioware. Like yeah, that, that's they were like that, that company in that game. If, if you told me Bioware was making a Star Wars game, I'd be more interested. Even though Bioware yeah, doesn't it's the same have Bioware. Yeah, yeah it's, it doesn't have the same shine. But I mean, this game is interesting. Like, 
to me, I think you alluded to it, Star Wars games are very hit or miss. There are games like Knights of the Old Republic that people fucking love because Knights of the Old Republic, that's perfect. And then you have like the Battlefront stuff where you're like, oh, this should be cool. And it's not cool. It's not Mm -hmm. cool at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To the fact that they're basically paying you to to play the game. It's bad, man. And the Fallout was so much worse for them, too. And it it sucks because like whether you're flying a ship or you're, you're using force powers, like there's so much inherently cool about Star Wars that would that you think would translate super easily to a game. And more people get it wrong than right. And then you try, then you're throwing EA at us. And but this game does look good, and it has a great cast. I mean, it's got. Hey, it's Cameron got Forrest Whitaker coming back to talk like this. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I was hoping you would do that. Fucking love that. <laughs> but I mean, I was gonna save him for last, but I mean, Forrest Whitaker. You got Cameron Monaghan from Shameless and Gotham. Uh, probably one of the only good actors to come out of Gotham. <laughs> if we're being honest. Is he playing so, the lead role? Is he the lead actor? Yeah, he's uh he's the lead guy. So I'm interested. I really am because I'd like a I, I really I really would like a, a a good game and especially a good Star Wars game. Um, so yeah, let's uh fingers crossed. I think uh, with all things EA, you hope for the best, but you expect the worst. So this will definitely be a, a listen to uh reviewers that I trust kind of game because I just. I can't trust EA anymore. I was like, I don't remember the last time I played an EA game where I wasn't like, this is a huge disappointment. Two, this is a huge pile of dog shit. So it might have been Mass Effect 2, which we just established was more Bioware, you know. So did, did I mean, EA do that like fake ass Iron Man game? Yeah, um, uh, Anthem. Yeah. And that... what do you know? It's a train wreck. What a shock, right? And they they. That was pretty much like this was a you had to hit on that game. And they I think it's like Destiny where they just hope over the course of like the next year they can fix it and get people interested in it. But I just it just you're just your brand is toxic at this point. Nobody trusts EA. Put out a good game. Don't like stop with the like, let's get something out and then we'll fix it. Like, just put it like. Look at Nintendo, like you can say what you want about Nintendo, but Nintendo tends to put out a good finished game at least on launch day. Yeah. Nintendo's always I mean, I want to say look, Nintendo had a stretch there where they were in trouble, okay? And the Wii saved them. Then they came back with the Wii U and it was like, "Oh shit, when Nintendo's going again." And then they come back with the Switch. So I mean, Nintendo has incredible comeback from the dead ability. I don't know that some of these other developers like an EA really do like as it said just the mention of EA's name now people are like oh like oh this looks good was it and it's like oh there's this game by EA and then people are like oh never mind I mean they've reached that level now where people just don't trust them I mean what I'll say for Nintendo is Nintendo is good right now do do I get do I have that that fear when uh some of their their golden childs uh you know, get a little bit older and maybe aren't involved with making the games a little bit because those are the guys that that have really churned out the ideas for Legend of Zelda, Mario, et cetera, et cetera. So right now, Nintendo is good. Come back and talk to me in 20 years and mm-hmm. we're, we're still saying that, that same story. I'll be interested to see how they go without Reggie, you know, because I feel like he really fixed things. Certain charge. This is what yeah. we always wanted. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be interested to see if they can keep up their success. Because I mean, for a while there, it was just like, oh, their handhelds are the only thing that's keeping them alive. But then the Wii absolutely crushed it, and now the Switch is crushing it too. So 
And I mean, my kid loves it. You know, he's she's got like fucking ten games. I'm like, God, I wish I'd have had ten games on my Nintendo when I was a kid. She's a spoiled ass brat. <laughs> you know what? He does the. I don't have anything to play. He's mad because I tried to hook up the N64, and I don't even remember. The N64 was before HDMI, and I couldn't figure out how to hook it up to my fancy television. And he was <laughs> just, he was broke because he wanted to play Pokemon Stadium. He was upset about it. So he's got all these games on the Switch, and he's mad because he couldn't play an old N64 game. Yeah, buy an old TV. I guess so. I guess so. I don't even. I don't know. TVs have the the the, the AVI outputs anymore. Yeah, I was about to say they don't even sell them with that kind of connection anymore. Oh, and I and you talk about uh, getting something for Christmas. I hope I get that Link's Awakening remake for Christmas. I mean, I mean, I hope that somebody gets that for my kid for Christmas. Yeah, your kid. Yeah, it, look, it looks really good, man. It. it looks really cool. It looks really cool. I mean, I haven't played it since I played it on the original Game Boy. Back in the pea green screen, you know? I feel like Link's Awakening is probably the second most played Zelda for me behind Ocarina of Time. I played Ocarina of Time inside and out. Like, I oh, played that yes, game definitely. At, least, at least 25 times I've played that game. You know, I could turn this into a why Zelda is the greatest franchise in gaming. Because I want to say if there's all these games you can think of over your life that have had humongous hype. And there's no way they can meet it. Ocarina of Time is the only one that ever did. The only well, one that ever met a type. Breath of the Wild. I don't think it had the hype that Ocarina of Time did, though. I have actually felt like Breath of the Wild kind of came out of nowhere because no one was expecting the Switch to do good. Whereas Ocarina of Time, it was like, oh, just wait, just wait. This 3D Zelda game is going to blow your mind. And they built it up for like two years. In fact, there's no way it can meet these expectations. And I I already exceeded them. I mean, they pushed that console to its limits. Yeah, And I mean, for me, you know, the second best one and second best Zelda game is still miles ahead of everything else. I love Link's Awakening. I've always loved the story of it. I've loved how different it is from the rest of the Zelda universe. Uh, This one looks gorgeous. It looks beautiful. And, you know, if you're just going to pretty up a really good game, I'm all for it. And uh, a generation now gets to, like, your son, my nephew, they get to learn why Link's Awakening is a, a very different but still a very important legend of zelda game come on man treat yourself get the get the get the uh, switch light treat yourself do it but do christmas it. is right there but just i'm just gonna warn you brother will take over your life it will take over your life um last thing if you're gonna say if there's gonna be any more remakes uh i hope that this does well enough that they do a real remaster of ocarina of time and i mean completely rebuilding it from the ground up i don't mean just a fresh coat of paint like they did on the 3ds i mean a straight up complete rebuild like they did with gears of war one i would pay full price for that i would buy that game in a heartbeat i wouldn't even think twice about it It, that's the one thing like i know people have their issues with wind waker wind waker is aging wonderfully because of the the graphics that they use the cell shape and all that I, and as much as I love the Ocarina of Time, that thing is not visually. It just oh, it's it, rough. It's rough. It's hard. This, everything else is great. It's wonderful. Z targeting changed the world. Mm-hmm. It but, made that piece of shit controller actually make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I'm begging you, like somebody, please remaster this, build it up from the ground up. I will. I will buy three copies because I'll buy one for myself. I'll buy one for my brother, and then I'll buy one for my nephew. And you'll actually buy a Switch. No. There's your killer app, Nintendo. Just do that. You got them. You got them. All right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, for tuning in. Happy to have Danny back here. And uh, I think, uh, shoot, 
Look, guys, we're actually like geeks that are sports fans, and the Astros are in the playoffs right now, and um, hopefully they're going to make another World Series run. So our schedule is going to be kind of depending on what the Astros do. So uh, yes. that's that, that's kind of the, the only update I have for you at this moment. Uh, we've said we're going to kind of take this down to like every other week or once or twice a month, just depending on what the news is like, because we talk about the same things that we do this every week, and that's I think that's fine with, with, both, with both of us. So. Uh, but yeah, glad to have you back. And uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens with the Astros, and then we'll, we'll regroup then. Huh? Yeah. Well, it's glad to be back. It's been a while. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. Just wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or YouTube, or all of them. Also, be sure to check out our affiliate, Geek Vibes Nation, at gvnation.com, where you can find some of the other features on the channel, like Mike's book reviews, the Geeks Against the Grain podcast, and lots of thoughts and opinions about geek pop culture. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk at you next week.